1: I moved to this great state six months ago, okay, and I got to tell you, as I opened with, you guys have done it right, and it's, it's you, and it's you, and it's you, and it's you, and it's everyone in this room, and it's that Florida man knew something that the rest of us had forgotten, or maybe we never knew, and I promise you that I am here to keep Florida Florida, and I'm also here to support this guy, ladies and gentlemen, Governor Ron DeSantis, everybody. Governor Ron DeSantis!
0: Florida, our governor is red, white, and blue. Oh, down in
1: sweet Florida. He's shooting us straight, telling us the truth.
2: Good evening, Orlando. And again, welcome to the state of Florida. And- uh, Thank you. You know, if you come from California, we all, we do have reservations when people come, (laughs) but you're doing it right. And so I really believe a lot of the people that have come in the last couple years, I think they're making the state more red, not less red, so. Yes.
1: I don't know if you heard right at the beginning, how many of you guys are new Floridians last year or two? Wow. I mean, look at that, that is a beautiful thing. I feel I can either ask you questions or we could just let people say nice things to you for the next 40 (laughs) minutes. (laughs) What What do you think we should do here?
2: Well, look, I think it's your show. I'm just here for the ride, but we're excited to be here and congratulations on the book, man. Thank you, thank you. All right.
1: All right, so. First off, we have to start with the obvious one. Gay. (laughs) He didn't even flinch. Nothing, nothing. I thought that in this state, we can't say gay. There's people outside, they're freaking out. They've got bullhorns, man. What is, I mean, did did you choose this fight or do you feel like they, they just brought it to you and you just punched back?
2: No, yeah, look, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm punching back. It was interesting, when that bill was going through, the, when the legislature's in session, they're there for 60 days, and there's a lot of stuff that's going on. I'm not following every little committee hearing or anything. I mean, I've got dozens of priorities, and I've got folks working on it. so I'm out just doing my job, doing other things, and making announcements like we do, and the media starts badgering me with these slogans about gay. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, this isn't my first rodeo. I know what they're doing. They create narratives, and then they try to run with these narratives. So I know they're lying. I don't know how they're lying, but I just know they are. So I ask myself, what is going on with this? Why are they doing this? And then I see, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Are they honestly going to make this the hill to die on. And so even though it was not necessarily legislation that I had authored initially, uh, I started fighting back against them because they were just lying to people and it's offensive when they're lying. And and so we start fighting back, and I would literally have these reporters. I'd say, okay, where does it say that in the bill? Uh, okay, it doesn't say that in the bill. What does it say? Oh, okay. So, you know, and so it, was, it, was, it, it, it was good. We are fighting back. And then you had this situation where you had the corporations, mostly Disney, deciding to get involved. And I think people look at that, they're like, first of all, I don't know why they got involved in this. It was a huge mistake for them. They think they've lost 60 billion in market cap since they got involved. Uh, But what, what the left is doing, though, it's honestly smart for them. They know that if people knew that if they were running for election on gender ideology for kindergarten and first graders, that would not fly with the voters, okay? Uh, parents just don't want that for these young kids. And a lot of the elderly in Florida don't even know what the hell you're talking about. So it's not its not good. And they know they can't win elections on that. So I think what they what they try to do, which is smart, they say, okay, if we could subcontract out our leftism to a corporation, pressure the corporation to come on our side, then maybe they can get these elected officials to cave. And you know what, it's not a dumb strategy because there have been a lot of Republican governors that have caved to corporate pressure. You've had Republican governors veto bills just to protect women's athletics and women's sports because some of the businesses got upset. So I understood why they were doing it. I thought it was a mistake for Disney to get involved, and I told them you shouldn't get involved. It's not going to work out well for you. So they kind of got
1: involved. I, I don't know if you heard what Donald Duck's been up to, but. Just... I'll tell you
2: know, you later. but the thing is, is. is you know, they're going to go out, and uh, honestly, I think it's ridiculous when these corporations do all this stuff, but I mean, you're free to do it, but when they're lying and they're ex- accepting these phony narratives, just think what happened last year when Georgia did their election integrity law. You had a massive hysteria by corporate media, by the left, by uh, Twitter and all this stuff. You had Delta Airlines. You had Coca-Cola, demagogue the bill. They equated it to Jim Crow. You had Major League League Baseball moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta. And so we've now had our first election in Georgia uh, earlier or last month under the new law, record voter turnout. And so they were lying about the Georgia bill. Anyone who read it would know. And so I think when they're accepting these false narratives, especially if it's about People in my state that are in the legislature, or whatever, we have a responsibility uh, to fight back. But I think Disney took it one step further when they put out this incredible statement after they already did all their virtue signaling, after we signed the bill saying this was somehow a violation of human rights and that they would work to see that parents' rights and education were repealed through the legislature. And I'm just thinking to myself, um, you know, I took an oath to support the laws and constitution uh, of the US and the state of Florida. I did not take an oath to subcontract out my leadership to a corporation based in Burbank, California. They don't run this state. And so, but again, they are free to do that, I think for a publicly traded corporation. I think it's stupid. And so I think that you're going to have a situation... All right, butt out. Nobody wants to hear from you. Nobody wants to hear
1: from you. Get out of here. Got plenty of friends for you across the street, my man. So they, they get in,
2: they're going to they commit themselves to this really ridiculous uh, course of action. And they're free to do that. It's not smart as a publicly traded, but you are free to do that. But they are not free to force all of us to subsidize their activism. And that's what they were doing. They have their own government, or they did have their own government, Right here, they're exempt from laws. They get massive tax breaks. And so, you know, if their company is committed to that view of what's appropriate for children and parents uh, as the state, we just can't have a partnership with that. And so we're out. And that's why we took action to dissolve their own government.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
1: so I know we could do we could do politics all day long, and I do politics for a living, and these guys, they're into politics, but there's something else going on here, I think, that, that you exemplify, which is just one man against the system, that you just said no. And I want to know, just on a personal level, not at a political level, where do you think that came from within you? Was that something that you always had? I mean, when the COVID stuff was happening, and everybody else locked down, everybody else followed Fauci, Every. You said no. I mean, that's all you... You just said no. And I want to know, where did that really come from within you?
2: Well, look, I think that there there are people that that get involved in in elected office who uh, are there to be able to enjoy the accoutrements of office, to be able to have a title. Uh, And then there are people that get in because they actually want to do something, and they also want to make a difference. So I'm the latter. And when I became... Governor, I remember going into the office for the first time, sitting in the chair, and I said, um, you know what, Uh, I don't know what SOB is going to end up succeeding me in in eight years, but I can tell you this, there ain't going to be any meat left on the bone for them because I'm going to take on issues, I'm going to be on offense, I'm not just going to sit back, I'm going to make sure that we're really making a difference, but I would do it based on what I thought was right. Uh, and I have not taken a poll since I've been governor. Uh, I'm not trying to react to whatever some you know, random burst of opinion. My view is, is when you lead, if you set out the vision and you execute the vision and you do well, people will follow that and that's what they wanna see. And so that was just my philosophy. And so when it came for like COVID, you know, I remember like you know just getting hammered by corporate press, and they politicized it. They wanted to use it to take out Trump. They wanted to use it to take out people like me, and that's just what they do. Um, but you know, my view was, okay, if by me protecting the jobs of all the people I represent uh, ends up putting my own job in jeopardy, then so be it. Let the chips fall where they may. I wasn't worried about politics. And I would totally be willing to, um, because I, look, I have, there's, a great, there's a lot of opportunities in life. I didn't like I, I have to, to do this. And so if it didn't work out for me, I would have been totally great being able to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I did what I thought was right to benefit the people by represent. I think when you get in situations where some of these politicians, you know, they get paralyzed by polls and consultants and everything, and then they don't do what they think in their guts right because they're worried about blowback, they're worried about the media, they're worried about political consequences, well, then guess what happens? You end up not succeeding most of the time anyways. And then you end up looking in the mirror like, man, I just wish I would've followed what I believed in. And so, you know, no regrets. You gotta do what you think is right. And in this case with Florida, I, you know, with COVID, I actually consumed the data myself. I didn't just, I wasn't just, you know, saying if Fauci says something, then you gotta genuflect. What are they getting at the data? And the fact is, Fauci was wrong about a lot of this stuff, okay? We were the first big state to guarantee every parent the ability to send their kid to school in person, way back in 2020, right? Fauci opposed us having kids in school, he opposed what we were doing. When we had businesses open and protecting people's jobs and we're having these events, he opposed us every step of the way. And so that wasn't based on data because the schooling was obvious that you needed to have the kids in school. It was based more on ideology and it was more based on all these other things. So we were right to have, to stand up to Fauci.
1: We'll respect your free speech if you respect ours, but you got to do it outside. You got to do it outside. So at the end of the day, that's just my philosophy.
2: And I would just, I I think that you got to do what you think is right. I I tend to, you know, if there's a choice between going against the machine and siding with the folks, I'm going to side with the folks. And here's the thing. I think that... I think people get it more than they ever have. They understand, you look at some of these elite bureaucrats like Fauci, you look at the corporate media, big tech, the emperor has no clothes. These are discredited elites in our country and they don't have your best interests at heart. They don't have this state's best interests at heart. Sometimes, though, it doesn't feel like, you know, your voice can be heard because so much of it is dominated by this one viewpoint. But when you stand up and you stand in that fire and you fight back for people, man, they will have your back. They will support you. And that's what we've shown in the state of Florida. (laughs)
1: he doesn't like polls but standing ovations ain't bad you know those are pretty good I got an idea so you know if you weren't a politician well how about this maybe and you guys could chime in on this we don't have to put the governor on the spot but maybe like you know you crush it in this next election here in Florida let's do maybe eight years in the White House and then you become CEO of Disney how does that sound (laughs) you who, kn- who knows what happens right? you know you never know in life so all right so so let's talk about some of the other stuff that you're doing because you really are doing stuff here that is not happening in the rest of the country you just signed uh, this fatherhood bill last month here uh, this is just another issue that you took on that seemingly we need to talk about we don't talk about honestly and you chose to, to fight it so tell me a little bit about that
2: yeah I mean I think that if you look at what's going on in our in our society um, Did they have to at least pay to get in here? Okay, good, good, good. I mean, like, look, I get people have their shtick. I get people, you know, do things a little bit different on that side than than, than we would. But honestly, it's so ineffective. All you do is tick people off when you you try to interrupt these events. So keep doing it. You're just going to help us in the long run. Um, But. And you live in Florida, Florida, people. But you know, the fatherhood is, is interesting because if you look at all the different problems society could deal with, uh, a huge number of them are rooted in kids growing up without having a father in the home. And... So I started getting involved in this when I was uh, my first year as governor, we're doing the budget, there was some money for a group called All Pro Dads, and it was founded by former Bucks and Colts head coach Tony Dungy, who's a great guy, and, and Tony, and you know, look, I just signed next year's budget, I vetoed a world Florida record 3.1 billion. Before I became governor, the record was like 800 million. And so we're we're very tough and I mean, we will veto. And so you can veto individual items. And so he called me just to kind of like make the pitch. And you know, I'm like, honestly, um, I trust you, I know you're gonna. your heart's in the right place, and I know this is important. So we started getting involved, we'd work with private groups, we'd work with our state agencies, and then this year, kind of a, a more comprehensive thing. But if you talk to Coach Dungey, and he was at the bill signing, when he said when he became Tampa Bay head coach, he went to minister at some of the prisons. And he looked and he said, you know, I noticed that it wasn't because of poverty, race, all these other things, the reason these people were in prison was because they did not have a father figure in the home. And if you could address that, you would have so much better uh, luck in society overall. And So that's what we're trying to do, and part of it is resources, education. Part of it though is sending a message to men, meet your responsibilities. You have a responsibility. And I can tell you, You know, one of the reasons I ran for governor, I was a member of Congress for a few terms and I first got elected, it was just my wife and me, second election, it was just my wife and me. Well, then after the third election, 2016, we had our first child, our daughter, Madison, and... So I'm in D.C. thinking to myself, you travel back and forth. I'm like, why am I up here? You know, I really want to be back home. And so as, with governor, you know, we're, we see him every day. Uh, we're able to be present. And I'm very busy. I'm much busier in this job than a congressman would be. Uh, but because we're all in the same state, all in the, you know, obviously living in Tallahassee now, uh, you're able to do it. So my wife and I put a lot of emphasis on that. But particularly me, they're, they're just, you know, my wife does some great things that, that I don't do as good as. But I offer just something else in terms of uh, in terms of uh, for the kids to look up to. So I think it's essential, and I've said if we could snap our fingers, every kid grows up in America with with a good father in the home, we would not be talking about a lot of these other problems. No way.
1: So as a new Floridian, one of the things that's constantly on my mind is what can I do for this state? I, and I really mean that. What can I do for this state that I, I feel like a refugee? I am a refugee. At, it, 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 I genuinely feel like I came from another country. And thank God you guys speak English here. That's basically, that's basically where I'm at. But, so what do, we do, what do we do to defend Florida? Because the more that Florida does it right, The more that the machine, whether that's the media or the political machine or just the elite machine, whatever you want to call it, the more it is going to stare down you, stare down these folks. What do we do to just keep this state right?
2: Well, I think it's a great question. And before I answer it, just let me say this about California. So um, first time. You got
1: to put money in the jar, man. That's the deal.
2: So COVID hits. First time I went to California since COVID was June of 2021. So over a year into COVID, but you know they still had man, they had. It was not like Florida. So I, so I'm out there doing stuff like fun or all this stuff. And I, I, told my stuff, I'm like, look, I'm not wearing a mask. Uh, I'm gonna do my thing. So you put me wherever you want to put me, but just understand, I don't want any confrontation or anything. But this is, I'm gonna live like I live in Florida. So I get there. First day I'm there, I'm waiting. The cars are coming to pick me up. I'm on the curb. These two guys in masks come scurrying over to me. I'm like, oh God, here we go. (laughs) One guy gets right in front of me, pulls down his mask, looks me right in the eye and says, I wish you were our governor. Put on the mask and left. So you never know. And so it was interesting. Um, But what I would say is when you're looking at Big time fail, buddy. Big time fail. You know, part of what we're doing, I think, now is we've been able to create so much momentum that, like, 2018 election... Very close call for the state of Florida when I got elected, because if I had not gotten elected, many of you, none of you who moved here would have moved here, and some of you that lived here probably would have moved away, (laughs) just the truth. But when I got elected, we had almost 300,000 more registered Democrats in the state of Florida than Republicans, and we never had had more registered Republicans in Florida prior to me becoming governor. Well... Negative 300,000 November of 2018, June 1st, 2022, we have 150,000 more registered Republicans. Now, so I, I think that that is uh, telling us that we have an opportunity. Uh, to really solidify the direction that the state's going uh, this November. And so I would say, you know, my election, very important, and we just need a massive turnout. And I think we can get it. You know, people will come up to me who you can tell are not super political, and they'll thank me for saving their job. They'll thank me for saving their kids' education. They'll thank me for saving their business. And they want to be helpful. So we have an opportunity to do that. And I think that that's absolutely critical. But I also think, you know, we've got a lot of great people that have moved in here. I mean, you look at, like, you know, down in Miami, you know, Miami is like this. I mean, first of all, it's never boomed the way it's booming but it's moving right and there aren't very many urban environments in this country that are really moving right and you know part of it is the is the demographics i mean you know you look at like our hispanic communities they are conservative and they want to make sure that this country doesn't repeat the mistakes of these other countries in latin america where you had marxism take over cuba venezuela all these other places and so i think particularly with you guys in south florida because it used to be South Florida would be like huge blue, you know, then you'd have pockets of blue, Orlando, Gainesville, whatever, and the rest would either be really red or maybe kind of purple, and now South Florida is becoming much more conservative, and I think that that's largely, I think it's two. I do think it's a result of the migration, and I think it's a reaction against Brandon's policies, which, let's be honest, (laughs) have not been terribly successful. You know, when I did the budget thing today, we were at the Villages, and I I just point out, there's news reports, recent news reports. He's so frustrated that his approval ratings are in the toilet, and he's lashing out at his staff, blaming this, blaming that, and I'm just thinking to myself, you have a situation where, you know, you came in, And oh, by the way, for for any more of those people that are out here, we're not gonna let them take away your constitutional rights. Not gonna happen. But, but you have, so, so, but Brandon, he's lashing out, blaming other people, and I'm just thinking to myself, man, you wanna know why your approval ratings are in the toilet? Look in the mirror. Your policies are failing. People don't wanna pay 475 a gallon for gas, and it's gonna be over $5 very soon. They don't want a war against domestic American energy. You know, for some reason with Biden, If you beg Maduro for oil, that's somehow not global warming. But if we produce our own, then it's global warming. Give me a break. What a farce. And so he's creating a lot of these problems. And here's the, here. I mean, I'd say between Brandon and and COVID, I think there's a lot of voters out there who, are, who have reevaluated maybe some of how they voted. Some people just vote one way or another. Maybe their parents were Republicans, so they were Democrats or whatever. Now people are starting to look, wait a minute. Do I want to be with a party if this guy's the leader? Do I want to be a part of a party that says I don't have a right to earn a living unless I take boosters every time Fauci tells me to? Do I want to be a part... Do I want to be a part of a party that doesn't believe we should have control over our territory and our borders, like you see what's going on in the southern border? And I think a lot of people are saying, you know what, that's not for me. So it gives us an opportunity, I think, to build a stronger movement here. And I think the southern Florida is going to be absolutely huge to the future of the state.
1: Well, first, I just want to say that I love that you keep calling him Brandon because I think it's possible he thinks his name is Brandon. So that's pretty beautiful. Also, I wasn't going to do this at the end. We only have one more time for one more question. But I wanted to give you a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt. It seems that he should put it on right now and rip it off Hulk Hogan style. (laughs) All right, one more for you. Sort of on that bravery thing that we talked about before and where that comes from within you and all these people that are out here and as we watch this thing happen and watch the media come after you and all of that stuff, what else can they do to fight? What else can they do? What can empower them to just be part of this thing and keep this state right, keep this country right, and go on? Well,
2: one of the things, the points I'll make, and obviously I mention Biden's failures a lot, um, and and deservedly so. But here's the thing, I could deal with that if in exchange I could have a conservative majority on every school board in America, for example. Um, What you can do at the local level Uh, To really be involved in your community, particularly with these schools, because I think that we've led a lot at the state level, you know, making sure that that obviously the young kids, you know, aren't having the sexuality involved in the gender ideology. Also making sure uh, that we don't have things like critical race theory and all these ideologies. And that's important. But really, it's the parents and the people that are running for school board and all these other things. And so, yes, I obviously made a plug for my election. I think it's very important. But I think these school board elections have more importance than ever before. You guys can make a huge difference in your community. And you know, the moms have done great, and the parents are energized like never before, and they should be really leading the effort. But you know what? you don't even have to have kids in the school system to be concerned about what's going on with education. Because if you, if we do our job right and we're doing you know, good, solid education, I think you need to have things like we've pushed in Florida, American civics, understanding the Constitution, <laughs> understanding all those things. If we're providing a solid foundation for education rather than having these systems become centers of indoctrination, You are gonna be, we are gonna be so much better off as a state than a lot of these other places. And so I would just say, get involved in some of these local uh, races, get involved in some of these local organizations uh, because you really can move the needle. I mean, the the enemy really, in some respects, yes, the left, but also just being apathetic uh, because when we're apathetic, then the left is able to capitalize off that. So I think those days are over. I think we realize that you know, we're in a fight to ensure the survival of liberty and opportunity for not only ourselves, our kids, but even generations yet unborn. And so you know, now's the time to saddle up um, and get it done. And so I would love to see, yes, Big Red Wave. People will focus on my race, some of these other races, uh, but I would love to see a Big Red Wave sweep these school board races across the state. That'll make a huge difference.
1: Well, Governor, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us here tonight. Uh, Truly, by you doing the right thing, my life is better. Everyone in this audience, their lives are better. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Governor Ron DeSantis, everybody. Governor Ron DeSantis. Yeah, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been on tour for two months. We thought it was right to end it in Orlando with the governor. You guys have been absolutely awesome. I am telling you I am I am truly the the proudest New Floridian and I thank you for doing it right. I thank you for watching. I thank you for supporting me. I thank you for coming out and fighting for freedom and laughing at those freaks. And on that note everybody, thank you very much. You guys are awesome. Let's go Brandon. Let's keep Florida Florida everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Ruben Report. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on locals at Rubenreport.locals.com.